0: Okay, so hello CPA masterminders. Welcome to today's training, which is actively choosing the discomfort of pricing. Today is Wednesday, June 29th, and my name is Emma Richter. I am a former CPA and I've worked in public and private accounting and I've been an accounting professor, am an accounting professor for the last 20 years and I am also a certified life coach. Um, I just wanna say I love this kind of work and I think it's important for everyone, but there's a special kind of magic when you combine um, the analytical and logical skills of someone like a CPA with the soft skills you're gonna learn from working with a life coach. So just so you know, this is being recorded. Um, You'll be able to get the audio replay within 48 hours uh, on the private podcast feed. The agenda for today is I'll take um, 15 minutes to talk about the topic and then we'll move into coaching. At any time during this training, feel free to put your questions in the Q and A box. Um, or you can type in the chat. If you want live coaching after we do um, the training portion, then just raise your little hand icon and I'll bring you on live. Please, um, of course, be safe. Don't be driving or operating uh, heavy machinery. (laughs) And if possible, um, be in a quiet and distraction-free location. You can change your name to um, anonymous if you want. And I just want to say that um, coaching helps everybody. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a group coaching call, and someone will bring up a topic and I'll think, well, that doesn't really have anything to do with me. But as the more I listen, there are lessons there. I learn a lot. And sometimes you learn even better from someone else because you're not emotionally attached to the topic exactly. So definitely bring your coaching topics and know that you will get help and People who listen to this both live and in the recording are going to get help, too. Um, other ways to get coached, uh, you can type a question into the chat. Um, you Oh, if you do that, you shift and enter to do multiple lines, or else you're going to just send the first line when you do enter. Um, you can also submit questions in advance by emailing hello at geraldinecarter.com. And don't forget your 20-minute coaching sessions inside the CPA Mastermind page. In fact, I want to challenge you um, to schedule a 20-minute coaching session. Give it a try. And if you don't know what to coach on, like if you think, well, I don't have any idea, here's a little idea you could do. Pick that thing that's been bothering you all day. You know, when... You're just working and suddenly you get this little thought that says, you know, I can't believe she said whatever she said to me, or I can't believe that thing happened, or that shouldn't have happened. And it's just a thought that keeps coming back and bugging you. It's not a big deal, but it's in there taking up your brain space. Take that thing to coaching and you will have a happier day and you'll free up your brain power to work on things that really matter to you. So that's my challenge to you schedule a 20-minute coaching session. Okay, so let me ask you a quick question. Why are you at this training? Are you considering changing your prices? Have you changed your prices? Let me know. We'll see here. Okay, so whether you're just considering it or you're in the process, let's talk about it. So don't you love this title, Actively Choosing Discomfort? Who would do that and why would they do that? Well, here's the short answer. Um, This is a quote that comes from the um, founder of the Life Coach School where I earned my certification. Her name is Brooke Castillo. And the quote is, discomfort is the currency of success. Okay, think about that. Let me say that again discomfort is the currency of success. So let's take that apart. And while we're at it, we're going to relate this to pricing. So what I really mean here when I say pricing, of course, is changing your prices and not only changing, but increasing your prices. Although you might think Well, if I was decreasing my pricing, there wouldn't be any discomfort. That would be easy and comfortable because my clients would be happy and they would be maybe at first. But then as time went on, decreasing your prices would cause thoughts and feelings that would not be comfortable for both you or your clients. Like for you, why should I bring my A game when I'm not making as much as I used to or I guess my work isn't as valuable as it used to be or compared to other CPAs. And for your clients, they may have thoughts like, well, I guess since I'm spending less, she will be spending less time on my stuff. Or maybe he's not as good as I thought compared to someone else. And I want you to really think about this. Um, Imagine you go to your favorite restaurant, right? And they've cut their prices in half. At first you might be thrilled, but what about in the long run? I truly believe that your brain would start looking for evidence of less value. For example, you go to um, your favorite steakhouse and they've cut the prices way down. The first thing that goes wrong, the first, the service is not as attentive. The steak is not as high a quality. Immediately, your brain is going to say, "Mm, this is why they cut their prices, less value. It's not as valuable as it used to be. Now, I doubt you are here because you want to lower your prices, but still, it's kind of interesting to note, lowering your prices is going to cause discomfort in the long run. So if lowering your prices is going to cause discomfort, both for you and your clients, maybe just leaving your prices the same is the way to avoid discomfort. So let's say you haven't ever changed your prices. You have the same prices from the first day you opened your door. I'm guessing you already have a fair amount of discomfort there, or you wouldn't be in this program. The discomfort could be in the form of wanting a better quality of life, less work for the same money, avoiding burnout, a nagging feeling you're not really getting paid adequately for your value. So as if that's not enough, Now you've started listening, you're in this program, you're listening to Geraldine's podcast, and you've joined this program and you know that there is another way. You know that you have options when it comes to pricing and you can't unring that bell. You cannot unknow what you know and that knowledge that you could be changing your prices and you haven't will certainly cause you discomfort. So if lowering your prices, let's see here, Okay, so Nicholas, in the process of changing prices. Very good. And Stephanie, I want to increase prices and provide more value. And those two definitely go hand in hand. Okay, so lowering your prices causes discomfort. Leaving your prices the same causes discomfort. That just leaves raising prices. Is that gonna cause you discomfort? Yep, very possibly, (laughs) if we're being honest. But if the other two options of lowering and leaving prices the same is also causing you discomfort, the question kind of becomes, why wouldn't I actively choose the discomfort of raising my prices? If I'm going to experience discomfort anyway, why don't I choose the one that leads to a positive benefit in the long term? And that's both for me and my clients. So if we go back to our, our example of your favorite restaurant, um, and now they haven't lowered their prices, but they've raised their prices. How do you as the customer feel about that? If anybody wants to type into the chat. How do you how do you feel? You've walked into your favorite restaurant and suddenly it's 20, 30 percent more. What's your immediate thought about that? Because I would say, If I walked into my favorite restaurant, which, by the way, I'm going to say is uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Yeah, that's my favorite. So I go into Ruth's Chris and it's 20% more. Yeah. So suddenly you're asking why and what am I getting for the 20% more, 20 to 30% more. But I think your brain would start coming up with reasons to justify that increase like, well, inflation. Everything's costing more, their inputs are costing more, they're having to pay their staff more, their insurance is costing more. I think that increase, your brain is naturally looking for evidence as to why it happened to make sense of it. So you might not like it, you might not be thrilled, but you're gonna look for reasons why it makes sense. And in the long run, a higher price restaurant is considered higher quality, it's special. It's set apart. If you think of the value of a McDonald's meal versus a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse dinner, you can see that the price indicates the value you're getting. And remember, if we go up, our brain's looking for evidence as to why it does cost more versus going down where we look for evidence as to why it's cost less. One is looking for more value naturally. The other is looking for less value. So, and by the way, I still love the place. My brain was coming up with these reasons to justify the increase and there's nothing that's changed about the place. I still love the ambiance, the service, the memories, the relationship. So what if your clients looked at your increases in exactly the same way? What if their brain started justifying why you were increasing your prices. They still really liked the relationship and the service they were getting, and they were immediately looking for more value. I partly think our reluctance in this is the actively part. In other words, we are voluntarily doing something we know will be uncomfortable. We know it and we're going to do it anyway. And it's like, um, (laughs) have you ever seen those? Polar bear plunge people who jump into the freezing icy cold water or people who do bungee jumping or skydiving. I mean, maybe you're one of them when it, maybe you do that, you've done some of that kind of stuff and you can, um, relate, but I can literally watch those people, like, especially the polar bear ones. And they're getting ready to jump in that water. And I feel a physical reaction, like, Oh, don't, don't do it. But they do. They jump in the water or they jump off the bridge or they jump out of the plane and they overcome the natural disinclination to experience discomfort. And we call that the motivational triad, which is the natural motivation to seek pleasure, to avoid pain and to conserve energy. And that motivational triad has kept us alive as a species. And you don't need to know that phrase, motivational triad. But what I want you to take away from this training is that your reluctance to do something uncomfortable is natural. It's built into us as humans. So don't be surprised or frustrated with yourself if you don't immediately jump into a a situation that's uncomfortable, like raising your prices. Okay, but sometimes we do choose to move past that disinclination and ignore the motivation, the motivational triad, sometimes we do that. Um, Has anybody done that? Has anybody done anything that uh, you would say is moving past that motivational triad? It doesn't have to be in business, just anything like bungee jumping or skydiving, anything like that, where you chose to seek pain (laughs) and not indulge in pleasure and use up energy. Because I'm gonna suggest that every single one of you has actively chosen discomfort before in your life. The CPA exam, the CPA exam is no joke. Um, I looked up these stats recently and the average time to study for the CPA exam is 400 hours. Um, The pass rate is historically in the 50%. And I'm just going to say it. There are many people who claim that the CPA exam is much harder than the bar exam. Just saying. This is a choice that you made knowing it would cause you discomfort. And you knew it ahead of time and you did it anyway. But why? Why did you choose? Why did you actively choose the discomfort of the CPA exam? Think about that. I'm going to say you actively chose that discomfort because of the benefits in the long run would greatly outweigh the discomfort you would experience. So you basically did a cost-benefit analysis and you knew it would be difficult for a time, but then you realized that that cost was so much less than the benefits you are going to get from that investment. So the discomfort was an investment in your future. And remember our quote, discomfort is the currency of success. You invested in your future with your discomfort and it yielded the dividends of success. So what if you use that same logic and thought process to change your pricing? I know this is gonna be difficult. I know this is gonna be uncomfortable for a time, however you define uncomfortable to you. It could be scary, embarrassing, vulnerable, but I'm gonna invest in my future business success with this discomfort of raising prices. And by the way, I've done it before and I know I can handle it. I've done the cost benefit analysis and I know it's worth it, so. That is what I have for you today. Let me see if anyone has any more comments or want coaching. All right. Anybody want any coaching today? Does anyone have any questions? Tell me what you're thinking. Any thoughts about what we talked about? About discomfort? Do you think it is worth it? Do you believe that it will be better for you and your clients if you raise your prices? Or do you think that's crazy? I would love to know. <laughs> I would love to know what you think. All righty, Will. If you did not get your question answered today, and if nobody wants coaching, um, we will end this call. But I do want to um, reiterate that I am challenging you to go get your 20-minute coaching session. There's something in your life that's bothering you, something you've been thinking about, something that's nagging at you. Bring that, or bring a, it, it could be a personal or a business thing, or maybe there's something you're working on in regards to pricing. Bring that, bring that to your 20 minute session because we would love to help you out. All right. Going once, going twice, going three times. Anybody want coaching? Yes, question. You would, uh-huh. Like coaching? Getting maybe a maybe, oh, okay. Yeah, do you wanna come on right now, Nicholas, or do you wanna do it at the um, 20 minute session, private session? Okay, well, let me see. I'm gonna promote you to a panelist. I've never done this before in a webinar style, so we'll see what happens. Okay, I see your picture. Can I hear you?
1: Yes, just give me one second to get myself properly set up.
0: No problem.
1: Uh, Okay.
0: All right. So what can I help you with today? Oh, okay.
1: I guess the communication of it with um, clients in general.
0: Mm -hmm. So tell me more, like what's the last time or what what comes to mind as an issue with communication?
1: The, The why it's going up.
0: You mean why they're contacting you more often?
1: Uh, no, why, why it's being raised down, um, you know, what's, why is it happening? Um, I'm, I'm trying is to- Is there a right. time in
0: particular you're thinking of?
1: Yes, because I've, actually give me one second, I'm trying to find a, um, an email from someone where they, they actually sort of articulate it very well. Um, give me one second, let me try to see if I can pull that up and then you can okay. come because I think that one sort of hit everything on the head very well.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying. Sums up the issue.
1: All right. Um, Reason the video isn't working.
0: That's okay. We can do it without video if you want, <clears throat> or I can bring you on. Right. I mean, or you can turn your video on either way. Um,
1: no, when I, when I try to press the, uh, the, the button, it, it wouldn't go. So um, I, okay. I we'll will try to work it this way as, as best as yeah. possible. That's um, fine.
0: So give so, me the gist of this email.
1: Yeah, so, so the, the, the gist of it was basically, you know, we, I, a little background, I'd recently purchased, um, you know, this, this practice from a, um, from another CPA who was, you know, quote unquote, looking to retire. And um, okay. ultimately, you know, he's had certain things put in place. And um, right. he's, he's in full agreement that, you know, fees are, are low and they need to be raised um mm-hmm. he also is this you know kind of guy that he's like oh you know the client only needs this extra let's just do it oh uh, the client only needs you know this mm-hmm. help with this application being filled out oh let's do it so mm-hmm.
0: and um, how do you in,
1: feel about in, well I mean I think that's just preposterous because you know in in essence the, the only thing that they're paying for is this one deliverable that might have been okay maybe, um, you know, five, 10 years ago. But now that, you know, clients are leaning on you a little bit more, um, the, the idea of what a deliverable is has, has drastically changed. So it's not just the tax return, which is basically mm-hmm. what the fee structure was based on. And then mm-hmm. anything else was just sort of like an ancillary, um right um help that was being provided um so essentially now when you go to say all right um you know that return that we you were being charged x for you know on a yearly basis we're doing a lot more work our costs mm-hmm. are increasing so we need to increase your fee and mm-hmm. um you know if not if we don't but The increase in fee is covering X, Y, and Z. And they're like, well, I I was kind of paying for that before at a lower fee. Why would I pay more for the same thing that I'm getting now? Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's a roadblock that's just constantly being hit with, you know, client after client. Um, Luckily, new clients, you know, you get to sort of bring them on using the new system. Right. uh, which even in itself creates some bit of an issue because you know, there's, there's a lot of transparency between um, referrals. So someone may refer and say, oh, well, this is what I am paying at the moment. Um, so sometimes you get a little pushback with the, well, you know, my friend had told me that they were only paying X amount. What's, what's the difference in fee? And I can get past that, you know, that is a hundred percent. Okay. But the current client that, you know, let's say is paying 500, but needs to really be paying a thousand, you know, they're mm-hmm. kind of like, wait, like, hold on a second. The other guy was okay doing it for five. Why
0: mm-hmm. is
1: it now a thousand dollars?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So what I would say here is, um, You seem to be, to me, to feel the need to justify even to yourself, the increases in these prices. For example, you said like, well, the other guy did it this way, but now I'm a new person and five years ago, clients acted differently. But I think you just need to decide what your prices are, be very comfortable with your prices, and just move forward with those prices, knowing that you like your reasons for them and you don't need to justify them. Even to yourself, once you have decided what your prices are, you don't need to apologize for those prices to anybody. So how do you, how do you feel when I say that?
1: Um, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm comfortable with, with the pricing. You know, because mm-hmm. I've, I've led a lot of new people that didn't want to pay. I said, well, that, you know, that is exactly what the, the fee is. Um, mm-hmm. And so then why you know, don't
0: I, you I use say- this? Why don't you use that same logic and thought process with these current clients who are giving you pushback? I love you as a client. <laughs> You're fantastic. I'm happy to have you. I would really enjoy continuing to serve you. But here is the fee.
1: I, I think for the most part, because I've, like, I've paid something for this particular person, mm-hmm. you know, and.
0: Well, but you didn't pay for I, each person. You paid for, you paid for the firm. You paid for the whole roster. Thinking that you paid for each particular client may be what's holding you back. You paid for the business, which included all correct. of the clients.
1: Correct, correct, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking that the, the, well, the collective whole of them as well as individually, that they're going right. to provide some, some value, whether that value is paying their fees for the work that they're getting, but mm-hmm. also um, the ability to continue to grow the, the firm itself.
0: And, like through
1: referrals? And through Yes you know, through, through referrals, um, mostly, but also um, through the continued service that they're getting, because I know I'm, I'm a thousand percent sure that, mm-hmm. you know, what we're doing for them, we are being underpaid and mm-hmm. it is not one, I, I, like, I, I would be okay if it was maybe 20% and I would say, okay, let's cut ties with 20% of these people um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then move on. But I mean, it's literally about 60%. So mm-hmm. to.
0: Because those are all the people you got from the previous owner.
1: Yes, yes, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in, in that range, you probably have about 60% that are way below market for our area, which happens to be mm-hmm. New York, um, Long Island in particular. And then you've got about the other 40% that are at market or a little bit above. So to walk, to walk into about 60%, like, well, I don't care if you leave. I kind of do (laughs) start to care if I lose 60% of the business. um, But you're looking at
0: that 60%. Let me, let me challenge you there. You're looking at that 60% as if it is one unit, as if you challenge the 60%, the 60% will leave, but they're all individual clients. They may make up Mm your 60%. And think about another thing. If you challenge these people who they know there's a new person. I mean, everyone knows costs are going up. This shouldn't be a giant surprise to them. Say you challenge them by, "Hey, I'd love to have you. I'd love to keep you, but here's a new price structure. And they absolutely, you know, you try to sell them on the value and you do everything you can and they still leave. Think about this, what kind of referrals are? is that kind of client gonna get you anyway? That okay. kind of a client may not be the kind of client you want because they're gonna refer somebody who's probably gonna have a similar attitude of, I like to call it like garage sale shopping, you know, where I'll <laughs> uh, give you a quarter for this thing. And you don't, you don't, that's not the type of client you're looking for. You're looking for someone who knows value and is willing to invest in their business. Would you say that's correct?
1: 100%.
0: Yeah. So don't look at the 60% as a unit. It's not one thing it's made up of a lot of individual people and even if you lose some of those people, you will get referrals from the people who stay because of the value you bring, and they're going to be a better client for you anyway.
1: Right, right. Okay.
0: What's coming up for you and when, when you think about it that way. <clears throat>
1: I think it, it, it definitely puts it in that area of discomfort, uh, yeah. you know, because <laughs> now you're, I, I agree that, you know, it, it is, um, they are made up of individual pieces, that 60%, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you. I guess you kind of have to walk in thinking that everyone is going to, say yes, because you're doing that great of a service um, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily that you're going to lose as, as much, Um, Mm -hmm. even though you, you, and and this is why I, I, you know, I, I really couldn't be the, um, the guy that worked in, in finance selling stuff like life insurance or, um, you know, give me your portfolio because the first 10 people that say, no, you know, I'm, I'm cutting and running. I'm like, oh, this is just ridiculous. Like, I'm not getting anywhere with this whatsoever. Um,
0: I think you should so, look at. I think you should look at that thought. I think you should take that thought maybe to your twenty-minute coaching. I'm not the kind of guy who could do cold selling and finance. I would. I would look at that thought because I think that's kind of holding you back. Right. Right.
1: Right. Okay. All right. You know. Yeah. So I guess sometimes I don't see. The uh, because of the, the accounting side of, of things, where mm-hmm. you know, I, I like I know how to sell accounting. Um, I know how to make someone interested in this thing because they, one of two things: either they came to you knowing that they need it, whereas right. on on the other side, sometimes someone like you may just approach them like, "Hey, do you have life insurance?" And now you're you're sort of like a cold, like a really cold, hard sell um, mm-hmm. versus in this industry, you might be a little bit of a lukewarm where it's like, hey, I kind of know I need this thing. I'm here because someone says I do. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what to expect. So, you know, can, can you sell me on it? Like, I can definitely make a mm-hmm. sale from that. Um, yeah.
0: But, but maybe it, you don't um, even need this thought that I couldn't cold call. <laughs> and sell life insurance, because that's not what you're doing. Clearly, you don't even right. believe what you're doing. So what does it matter if you could, could or couldn't? You are good at sales.
1: Right. It's, I, I guess it comes down to also the comparison. Um, so, you know, you've, you, you know, take it back to your garage sale um, <laughs> analogy. You know, yeah. you, you've got two two houses that are being um, you know, cleaned out, maybe one guy's moving, maybe the other guy's just doing a cleanup. And, um, you know, one guy you walk over and they're selling very similar items. And, you know, guy says, I give you 15 cents for this, or I'll give you a dollar for this. And he says, no, you know, it, it's two bucks. And you go to the next guy who has the same sign up for $2. And he said, Hey, mm-hmm. look, I'll give you a dollar. And the other guy says, sure. You know, I'll I'll yeah. take it. Um, they right. I feel like they're comparing the two and it's very difficult to get past the fact that, you know, I might be um I might be selling the same shirt in Macy's and Bloomingdale's and Macy's might have it for, you know, fifteen to twenty percent cheaper than right. bloomingdale's but they're basically all the same company and they're selling the same but do you
0: shirt. really believe that do you believe that your service in your firm is the same as any other firm is the same, same. as no. let's say in our block software
1: it, no i'm I'm not talking no. the same uh, outside of this company but even within the same company you have you know the all the, the, the guy that was here before and if he was doing accounting tax and payroll And I step into the shoes and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm doing the accounting, tax and payroll. But over the years, he hasn't raised prices because he's absorbed Mm -hmm. some of those fees to help, you know, the client out um, and not necessarily beat them over the head. And now I come in and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not beating you over the head. This is really what the market rate is. Right. Um, Well, I'm, I'm losing ground that way. And I said to him you know, like this, when, when we first started to get together and we were in the transition, I said, you know, you are, you're providing a benefit to someone that doesn't know you're providing them a benefit. You know, mm-hmm. their, their, their first stop is you on this road in accounting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if they haven't experienced anyone else in the past 10 years and you've been giving them a fee of $500 every year. Whereas the rest of the world is now at a thousand. Like they don't know they're getting a benefit. And he was like, but I'm giving them a benefit. I said, but they don't know that that is a benefit because mm-hmm. in their world, this right. has always been five, 500 bucks, Right. You know? But I want
0: you to spend less time thinking about what he did and why he didn't raise his prices and why he should have and why they're getting a benefit that they don't know about. Spend more time thinking about why you are bringing more value, why you are raising this prices and your relationship with the client. Don't worry about what he did. You need to spend more. You already know what he did. You need to spend more time focusing on what you're doing for your clients, what you're bringing for their future, what value you're giving them. Because the more you believe that, the more if someone says, well, I can't believe you're raising your prices and you can explain to them, but I'm bringing you this tremendous value. And then they say, no, you're, you can be so convinced in your value that when they say no, you're just like, really? I, I can't. Okay, but I'm surprised. And if you change your mind, I'll be here. You know, you need to be so convinced in your value and stop focusing on why he did whatever he did, because that's done. And there's nothing you can do to change that. All you can do is really do some brainstorming, write down what you bring to the table and why that's of value and what relationship you want to have with your clients really take time and focus on that and stop worrying about what he did that you can't change. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And I, I've thought about that part of it. And the the Good. only piece of that, that has me a little bit hung up is, and mm-hmm. I kid you not, he literally did almost everything extra that they wanted for nothing. So and we don't know why he really did
0: that. You know, who knows why he did that? Maybe he was bored. Maybe he was scared to change his prices. Maybe who knows why he did it, but that's done. Right.
1: It, it is correct. It's hundred percent done. It's in the books. They, they yep. have, they were already getting, um, whatever that additional stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I sat down to say, okay, well, what else can I bring to the table you know, it's it's difficult to pinpoint some of those additional items and apply that value to it because if if for instance it was only a tax return, let's say it was a person who, you know, um, they went to work, maybe they had a few brokerage statements, whatever it might be, yeah. and um, it, he all he did was a tax return. Okay, that that's mm-hmm. fine, but you know, in addition to doing that, you know, if this person needed to file for unemployment, uh, don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll just do that for you. It's okay. Um, You need help filling out your kid's FAFSA form. That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll dig into the return, find all the information, and then I'll just send it to you with the lines that you need to, you know, um, fill out or I'll fill out the form and all you need to do is, is sign it. Oh, you're having issues with your um, the broker they don't understand something oh that's nothing just have them give me a call so mm-hmm. if and you're if happy to, to bring, you
0: happy to do those things like if they want you to do those things or would you do them
1: i i would be happy to do it but not at the 500 hundred dollar price range if right. it means so that's that what you that
0: say i'm happy to do those things and here's what it costs
1: Right. And then I and then, you know, there's potential to wind up losing someone, which brings brings back to, you know, you're you're hoping that people saw this five hundred dollars as a deal. And if they need to be brought up to, you know, if there's a hundred percent increase or a 75 percent increase that they go, well, you know what, I've been getting a deal for so many years it's fine that, you know, now I'm up to where everyone else is, then Mm -hmm. that's okay. But it's that, it's the fact that, you know, some people may wind up walking thinking, oh my God, why am I paying twice as much
0: now? And And they might. And And aren't they going to... you're telling me that that is market and they leave you and they're like, Oh, forget it. This guy's crazy. They still have to get their accounting done. Right. So they're going to go yeah. somewhere else yeah. and they're going to find, Oh, well uh, they're charging the same thing or more. As that guy said, I think I'm going back to Nicholas. Isn't that also possible?
1: Um, yes, we did see that happen with one person. And um, you know, obviously when they came back, fees were up a little bit so it it did provide a little bit of of a benefit um Mm -hmm. on on the the flip side i think my worry is too that if i lose too many people in one shot whether it's one year over a two-year period Mm -hmm. i'm still paying for a practice that now i've sort of pushed um a, a chunk of them out the door to the point where maybe I can't pay for the practice, I can't right. pay to cover employees and overhead. So I'm, uh, there's, there's a little bit of a struggle that says, hey, I can walk into the room very bullish, but I, I still have this responsibility on the other side mm-hmm. that if I become too bullish, then all of a sudden, I might be back in the position where the next person that comes, I have no choice but to take them or negotiate down on AC because mm-hmm. I need to cover, you know, operating expenses.
0: Well, what if you knew where that line was? Like, what if you knew, kept track of where that line was, where I've pushed, you know, I can't afford to lose anymore. So I'm just going to lay back and I'm just going to leave the prices where they are for now. What if you knew that line and approached this in a kind of a piecemeal you just did some keeping an eye on that line. If you have to stop and wait six months and start over again while you collect some more um, clients, what would be wrong with that? Rather than I have to change everybody right now, this month, what if you did it in a piecemeal operation?
1: That is, and that that's where I was. I had okay. isolated some of the um some of the clients were, you know, hey, look, we, we really need to increase some of these guys. And, um, you know, again, I guess some of the pushback just sort of got me to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I, you know, I don't I don't necessarily want to start to lose too many people. Um, and right. I, I think I started with probably about, you know, uh, 10 to 15 percent of them. You know, as as we were coming out of the pandemic and things started to get a little bit more expensive, you know, I then kind of hit that wall that was like, okay, we need to just pause for a second. Um, you know, and and I, I have worked through a budget of where you know, sort of like that break-even point is and um, okay. where I need to where I need to stop. Okay. Um, and and then I I still come back to that point of. Holy crap, I I really don't want to be going month to month worrying about sort of the operating kind of expenses, being a little bit on the less risk averse instead of the bullish side of things. Um, Knowing that maybe, hey, look, my work is good. I know it is. And, you know, sometimes some people are just like, I don't care how good your work is, I'm not paying, you know, more than X.
0: Absolutely, and go, that's yeah. that's their prerogative, and if that's what they want right. to do, and go, if they're going to go find uh, a deal, quote unquote, deal somewhere else, they're probably not going to find it, and they may end up coming back. Okay. But it sounds All right, like so you I'll... have a plan. You You have... A plan as far as you are rolling these price increases out piecemeal, you have like a safe zone where you don't want to go below. It sounds like you have a plan and you're working through it. Would you say that's correct?
1: Uh, Yes, I am. Um, I think the, I don't want to say the the slowness of it, but I I guess I was expecting a little bit more of an, an adoption from a lot of the clients that have been around for you know you know 10 or 15 years um that yeah. they would sort of you know stick around and, and stay yeah. and also in in addition to i don't want to say getting rid of but trying to increase fees mm-hmm. there's the the idea of finding some sort of a, a niche to then move into whereas yeah. if i lose 10% of the people maybe i only need to pick up five within the niche area right. to help compensate for, for what's there so right.
0: um i mean right so you have spelling it out now yeah.
1: yeah yeah Spelling it out now maybe it's there's too much that's going on but um it's it, it's one of those things where Am I, am I waiting too long to strike with the niche and trying to focus on increasing fees or should I work on the niche and then just say to clients, Hey, um, your fee is low. I'm not even going to entertain the idea of raising it. Goodbye.
0: Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that's the thing that you'll have to decide and maybe, um, schedule some time to talk to Geraldine, you know, right. either- have that time to talk with specifics with her. But I would say um, it sounds like you have it handled pretty well. And yeah, it's scary to have to, it is uncomfortable to have to say to someone, I'm raising your price, and then have them come back at you with anything. But if you truly believe what you're doing is valuable and right, and you don't have to go in it with a bullish, like, I'm going to knock you over the head kind of attitude, but just just be full of confidence in yourself and your services, it makes it doable. And it sounds like you have a practical plan to go through this. And at the same time, you're moving into the niche and that's, I mean, it's challenging. Absolutely. But it sounds like you've got it pretty well, pretty well in hand.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll stay the course. Um, you know, continue to chip away at, at some of the clients, you know, even though they, it just feels like a slap in the face when they go, I'm not paying you. I don't think you're worth that, you know, but um, maybe they
0: don't know, you know, maybe they just don't right. know. They yeah. don't know. And,
1: and, you're and, and exactly. And I, I think that's what it is. And it, it's a gamble to then say to them, okay, you know, go somewhere else and let somebody show you that, you know, I am worth it. Um, is, is a very, very scary proposition because mm-hmm. there's so many people out there that are willing to do what the old partner did, which is I will bend over backwards for you just to get a couple of dollars coming in.
0: Mm-hmm. But so, I, yeah, I know what you're <clears> saying, <throat> but um, I don't know if you believe in what you're doing and the value you're bringing, that's gonna make a huge difference because even someone, there is more than just the accounting in an accounting client relationship. There is a lot more than just, there's the trust, there's the comfort, there's, you know, there is a lot more to it. So, um, and my advice, my only advice to you would be stop worrying about what he did and why he did it. And just start focusing on believing and building up your belief in your value and what you're offering.
1: Okay. All right. So I will, I'll focus on that piece, which is what, you know, I'm bringing to the table, mm-hmm. and what's being provided mm-hmm. and, you know, push, push that as a, a mechanism or a way for them to accept what's being offered. Um, All right. So I I guess I have a little bit of homework to do in order to pull all of that together um, for the specific client that I guess I may be talking to in reference to some of the fee increases.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Um, We have a comment here. Mike says, I have some decent breakthroughs with your same problem by presenting options to the client three options shows them even if they end up choosing a tax return only, this is a great idea. At least you have already presented them with what it would look like if they needed additional services. Then when they come back and ask for a response to a notice or talking to an estate attorney or whatever, then you send them an invoice for the additional. That's a great idea. So you would say, um, here are my three options. One's return only, one's returns plus you know, additional services. If they pick returns only, you can re- go back to that conversation and say, hey, um, yeah, so we decided to do returns only, but if you would like to add on this additional service, fantastic. Here's what it is. That's a great idea.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll explore that option um, You know, per, per client because then I'll know here's what we're doing. Here's what your return is and you know specifically add some of those revolving items that the prior accountant was doing as mm-hmm. additional options and maybe a step up package right. and, and say hey you know based on where we are your return technically is only slated to be x and you know these additional items that are creating you know whatever value or however I would phrase it at that point in time are included in this package, it keeps yes. you covered. Okay, so I will yeah. I will definitely give that a shot.
0: Yeah, and one more point I just was thinking when, when you were talking is, um, in this whole raising prices thing, I think we look at it like we come in one day and prices are all different and that's it, but this is a process. So if you, decide for whatever reason, money or just, you don't, you're tired of having the conversation or whatever. If you decide you want to learn, leave certain clients alone for another year or another cycle or whatever, that's fine. And you shouldn't feel like you're not doing your job and your pricing or whatever. It's up to you to how you roll out these pricing changes, whether it takes a long time or a short time. So don't feel like you're behind the eight ball because you haven't done everybody in the same month. That is entirely up to you. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thank-
1: awesome. This, oh, no, this was great. Thank you very much for your help.
0: Yes. And thank you for bringing your topic. It's so amazing how much it helps everybody on the call and people who listen to the recording later it it is really surprising how much it helps everybody so all right well thank you everyone if there is anybody else have any more comments or questions if not i'm gonna change you back to attendee look at that all right all right if anyone else has anything else i think We will be done for today. Thank you, everybody. And go book your 20-minute coaching sessions. Have a great day.